everybody and welcome to the third episode of the Navigating the Motherhood podcast. Thank you for all the love on our last episode on sharing with the lovely Beth. Both of us have been really touched and shocked and surprised by how many people of you listened to the episode and have reflected on how you share as a mum and changed things up. Like we've both received amazing messages um, talking about how you're taking your kids' faces offline because of what you heard. And yeah, both of us are overwhelmed with the love and response to the episode. Um, so thank you so much. It's a bit of an interesting topic to talk about, especially when we were on, we're not necessarily on two different sides of the fence, but we had two different approaches. And I think what lots of people said, which came across, was that it was just a healthy discussion between two women. And I can't tell you how much that makes me happy because that's all I want uh, for this podcast. So um, let's talk about this week's guest. It's the gorgeous Yasmin. She is here to talk about being a young mum, about the stigmas, discrimination, about representation. Um, so she had uh, Remy when she was at her, in her third year of university when she was 21, and he's now two. And in this chat, we talk about lots of things. We talk about some of the stigmas that come across. We talk about how her friends and family responded when, we, when she found out that she was pregnant. Um, we talk about this incredible YouTube video, which will be linked in the show notes that she did around pulling together some of the stigmas that she'd seen on Twitter around being a young mum, about class, about financial stability, um, all of that kind of stuff. And we also talk a little bit about race and about some of the experiences that she's had and how her mum experience is obviously very different from mine. It was an amazing chat. It's one that's really made me think about how I can try to make the mum space more inclusive for young mums and make them feel not like outsiders, I guess. And I think that's the sign of a really great, insightful chat um, for sure. So I really hope you, that you love the episode as much as I love recording it. Please make sure you go into the show notes and give Yasmin a follow if you don't already follow her. Her vegan food content is absolutely bomb. Like oh, the desserts that she posts, so, so good. Um, and also definitely check out her YouTube channel. I love, I've been binge watching all of her videos and it's the best. Um, so yeah, so for a great chat about uh, young motherhood, stay tuned. everybody and welcome back to episode three of the Navigating the Motherhood podcast. Uh, my guest this week is the lovely Yasmin and she's here to talk about being a young mum, uh, discrimination, representation, stigmas and all of the above. Um, so Yasmin do you want to introduce yourself and your family setup for anybody that doesn't know you or doesn't follow you? Yes um, <clears throat> so I am 23, I'm almost 24 actually which is scary. I don't know when I need to stop calling myself a young mum I think I'm fine for a few more years. Um, I have a two-year-old called Remy. I had him when I was 21 and I was in my third year of university. And I also have a partner called Danny, who is 32. So he's probably not classed as a young parent, I guess. Um, sorry, that intro is very numbers-based. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I feel like in this topic, numbers are important. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started following you when I saw a post that you'd done about stigma around being a young mum 
and it's something I'd never seen anyone talk about before. And you'd said that you'd done a YouTube video. So of course I naturally went on and watched that YouTube video and then fell into the best why in a day YouTube hole ever. <laughs> um, and in that video, you basically talk about a thread that you found on Twitter about young parents and kind of stigmas about them. So for those people who've not seen that video, do you want to talk a little bit about that and why you felt so much like you had to speak out about it? Yeah. Um, so the original tweet I came across um, said that it's embarrassing to have children at 38, which is obviously like what most people are kind of doing now, like they're putting off having kids till they've done other things they want to do. Um, but everyone on Twitter and their nan went absolutely in on this tweet, probably trying to direct their anger at the person who posted it. But instead, it was people like me who were seeing their tweets. And I felt like it was directed at me. Um, and the general gist of what they were saying was like, I don't know, instead of being like, some people have kids at 38, some have them at 18. That's fine. I'm going to go about my day now. I guess that's like too healthy a debate for Twitter. So instead, they went on to be like, you know, young parents are irresponsible immature only care about themselves uh if they have kids it's probably a mistake the dad's never around they've got no money they've got no car they don't have a house they won't give the kids good quality of life and like I just felt really angry like I knew people had these kind of opinions and I've seen them before not necessarily directed at me I've just seen them out there in like the public sphere but I think seeing them all in one place and reading them like one after another it just sent me over the edge a bit. So I felt the need to respond to some of the tweets in video format, which was like quite cathartic, even though those people weren't going to watch that video. It's like I got I got out what I needed to say. Um, but I do kind of think reflecting now, I think I got a bit defensive because the opinions in that thread are so ingrained in society that like I've actually thought them to myself at points, like especially when I was pregnant. And in those early stages of young motherhood, you know, like a few months postpartum when you're just questioning everything, I did wonder like, if I'm ever going to be able to work towards a proper career and provide for Remy like I want to. Uh, I've wondered like most new mums, I think, regardless of age, like if I'm cut out for this, if I have my shit together enough, to which the answer is no, nobody has their shit together. But I was going to yeah. say, that's not an age <laughs> thing, trust me. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just rubbed me the wrong way for like so many reasons, really. Yeah, no, I get that. And it's funny because I was watching the video and there was some points. Now, obviously, I'm not a particularly young mum. We started trying for Sky when I was 29, I want to say, and I was 32 by the time she arrived. And one of the things that got me in that, there was a, a lot of chat about financial stability and this kind of myth that the older you get, the more financially stable you are. And it's... I, f I feel like it's funny like I wouldn't say that we're hugely unstable I mean because of COVID there's a whole bunch of other stuff in the background going on which does make it unstable but like it's this kind of myth yeah I know people who are much younger than me that earn far more than me and are far more successful and me and my sister constantly have this debate about whether going to university slows down career growth or makes it go quicker because mm. you've because she's like, well, people have got a three or four year head start on you. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. If there's this kind of perception that the older you get, the more secure you get. And the more, as you say, you have your shit together. Now, trust me, I know people that are much older than me who <laughs> are clueless about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a really funny myth. It seems to be kind of portrayed, but it's not, it's never been one I've thought about in the sphere of 
being a young mum, because obviously I'm not one. Like my only frame of reference is the fact that my sister had my niece when she was 19. I think she was pregnant at 18. She had her when she was 19. So my niece is 28 now, which is funny in itself, because whenever I see people, I've got a niece. They're like, oh, cute. What age is she? And I'm like 28. And they're like, oh, <laughs> OK. Um, but that's my kind of frame of reference. And I remember when my sister telling me when I was a lot younger, I mean, I was only, what, seven when my, well, six when my niece was born. Mm. And she used to get the question a lot, whether she was a mistake. And I still can't believe that people would just come out and ask it. Mm. Like it's, and it's something that I, I remember from when I was younger thinking, well, I don't understand why people would ask that to you. Because to me, I guess it was the norm. Like it wasn't strange at the time that my sister had my niece so young. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, that's, there's so many things wrong with that, but it's a weird one because for me, like for anyone who doesn't know my backstory, um, it's probably a lot easier if you watch my YouTube video, which is about how I found out I was pregnant. But the quick rundown of it is that I, I found out I was pregnant when I was five months into the pregnancy and I'd only been with Danny for six months. So obviously that was unplanned we didn't just meet and go let's have a baby like that was unplanned um and I was at university and things like that so technically under the mistake is just such a horrible word to use but under the way that people use the term mistake you know it was an accidental pregnancy like it was not planned um however like that doesn't really matter like it's something that like that's why when that comes up I find it really interesting because it's like that doesn't matter. Like it, it's not made Remy any less loved. It's not changed the way we feel about him or anything. Do you know what I mean? It just, all it meant was that he wasn't planned. So we had to like get our shit together very quickly and we had to like move house and get a car and sort our heads out. Cause we were like, ah, baby coming in three months. What the hell? But other than that, like being a quote unquote mistake doesn't really mean anything obviously there are some people that really don't want a baby and that's probably a different situation but again that's something that age has nothing to do with like you can have a baby unplanned when you're 30 or 40 like age doesn't really come into that um but yeah it's definitely something that is ingrained in society because when I meet new people like you know in more sort of casual settings like if I start a new part-time job Um, or even people at uni when they found out like one of the first I would say like three questions they ask is whether I'm still with Danny like is the dad still around and it's just this idea that like the dad is allowed to run away do you know what I mean like yeah it's like they've assumed well you, you obviously both didn't want that baby so did the dad leave or did he stay and it's just like no we both wanted it and we both it <laughs> we both wanted Remy and <laughs> we're having a good time and it's yeah it's just it's obviously even people that don't mean anything bad by it it's still just the way people are sort of raised to think I suppose but I guess it, it is it does classify as an unconscious bias because yeah. I've never been asked if John's still around yeah yeah that's like true. it's just it's kind of never been asked to me so that to me shows that it is an unconscious bias towards younger parents that you would just assume when actually you know, in reality, I know people, again, my age and older, that have got kids and that have split up, but it's never, it's never asked and it's never assumed, really, which I think, yeah, and I just, I wonder, I guess it will come on to that conversation later about where these stigmas come from, but you mentioned that you were at university and stuff. How did your friends and family react? Did you get any kind of discrimination then or even when you were pregnant? Somebody's asked the question about whether or not you 
um, felt like you were discriminating pregnancy against, like, by medical professionals. They were saying that they had a midwife that kind of constantly looked down on them as if they were really irresponsible and it made them really uncomfortable. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I could name you one person who reacted positively when I told them I was pregnant. And it's something that really affected me because the whole thing, I mean, I imagine the way I always assumed my pregnancy would be when you sort of think about it casually is that you're going to like tell people and they'll throw a big party for you and everyone's super excited and you have a like what's it called baby shower and um yeah it's just this really exciting lovely time and I just didn't have that which is kind of understandable (laughs) it's not but like I think it was a mix of the fact that I was young and also that I'd kind of just met Danny and even though we were very like We'd, we were living together, we were in love, like we were definitely, we were talking about marriage and things like that. So it was like, we we're at a different place six months into what some other people might be when they're six months into their relationship. But I get that I think a lot of people were almost a bit maybe worried for me. But what it did mean was that everyone kind of reacted not in the way I wanted. Like all my friends were just like, wait, what? Like they were like, do I say congratulations? Like, is this a good thing? And I was like, yes, please do say congratulations. Um, and I had a lot of people asking like, are you going to keep the baby? And I was like, yes, it's just not how you want that conversation to go. Like I, it did affect how I felt about my situation at the time. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, there's a few people in my family who I've not spoken to since I found out I was pregnant um, because they had a problem with it. And yeah, I, I think at the time I didn't really put that down to my age. I, I did in a way, but it's something like when it's happening, you don't think straight away. I wasn't like, oh, great. This is because I'm going to be a young mum and X, Y, Z. Like it was actually, I only sort of realised the whole young mum stigma probably a few months ago um, when I was talking to my friend about like new motherhood and all these problems we were both having with like external people and their thoughts about us and things like that. And it was her that brought it up to me. She was like, yeah, it's because everyone thinks young mums are shitty. And we started like (laughs) exploring that. And I was like, oh, that's why this person said this, or that's why this, this, blah, blah, blah. Um, So yeah, it's not something I really realised at the time. But when I went to the doctors in the first place to be like, I think I'm pregnant. So this was before, this was probably two months into the pregnancy. This was about three months before I found out. I went to a doctor and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant, but I've taken, taken, taken a few tests at home and they're negative. Um, one of them just, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. So can you do a test for me here? And he was so rude and so blunt. Like he just was not empathetic about the fact that a young woman had come in wanting to know whether she was growing human inside her. He was just like, he just barely spoke to me. Um, did the test and within probably three or four seconds of saying you're not pregnant, which I was, (laughs) he was like, you're not pregnant. Do you want me to prescribe you the pill? And I was like, oh, uh, okay. Cause I just felt so uncomfortable. Like, especially in a medical setting, like your, the power dynamic is just off. And so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't actually take the pill. Thankfully. I don't know if that would have done anything to me, but, um, yeah, I just kind of went home and felt really rubbish about the whole thing. And I think even looking back on that now, I'm like, that was almost definitely because I was young. I mean, especially around the time I 
I dressed a lot well I don't know <laughs> I don't know what like dressing young is but I wear a lot of like band t-shirts and ripped jeans and stuff so um I guess he also wouldn't have really like it's it's more like looking at me and thinking like oh this woman thinks she's or this girl thinks she's pregnant and I felt like he was just put off by that and he was disappointed in that um which is where race comes in as well because he was uh, an Indian man and I think he was probably looking at me imagining I was like his granddaughter and he just already was like disappointed in me oh right okay uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean it's funny because I remember going to the to the doctor and being like oh I'm pregnant and it was a completely different experience it was like oh my goodness congratulations and then it was about five minutes in she said oh I should probably ask I'm guessing you want the baby and I was like well yeah uh uh-huh but it wasn't (laughs) the first thing that she thought it was like congratulations I'm so excited for you isn't this great have you been trying long and like and then she was like oh I should probably ask if like you know is it planned I'm guessing it's fine but that was the second thought not the first Mm, which again speaks speaks massive volumes um and it's funny actually because my my sister tells the story of when she had my niece now my niece ironically it must be something in our family where babies decide to come six weeks early <laughs> but hey there you go and uh, the one that annoyed her is she was like that to, to the doctor she was like the baby's coming now and they'd be like you don't know what labor is like love it's it's not it's not coming now and they just kept brushing her off because mm. she was young sure enough she was like standing outside the hospital and she was like no seriously and they got her on a bed and she literally was 10 centimeters dilated she was like you should have and my sister's not someone to be reckoned with <laughs> and she was like you should have listened and I was like I mean there you go but yeah I think it's um, I mean my mum was around as well and this is obviously when my mum was alive and my mum was a pretty kind of firm person like I'll never forget dyeing my hair pink dyeing the ends of my hair pink at school and the teacher telling me that I then wasn't allowed to go into school because I had pink hair and my mum or they tried to make me pick up litter or something and my mum went in and went absolutely ape (laughs) so yeah clearly runs in the family a little bit I think um so let's talk about the kind of what you think the biggest stigmas are around young parenthood and also where do you think they come from which I think is a probably very long complicated answer in reality but from your perception a couple of people have asked questions around things like programs such as teen mum and various things like that do you think it comes from that kind of media do you think it comes it's more ingrained like where do you think that kind of stigma comes from um yeah that is quite a big question I mean okay so my most the most annoying stereotypes I feel are kind of like the ones I mentioned earlier in that thread like Um, I mean all of them are annoying but yeah like the dad not being around the fact that they assume that you're financially not stable or not responsible uh you're not mature the baby's a mistake and unloved uh that was one of the things in the thread it said something about how you can't give that baby love when you're young and that's just something that blows my mind because again it doesn't come with age but just in general this idea that age makes you a better mother is very annoying because at the end of the day, if you're a new mum, you're all as clueless as each other. Like I was in an NCT group at the time, uh, which was, well, for people that potentially don't know, it's basically your like prenatal baby group. So you go there um, once a week for eight weeks, kind of leading up to the due date, and you just learn, you learn about labour and birth and things like that. So we were in a group with uh, seven other couples, and we we didn't really like become friends when we were there like we just never really vibed we were quite a quiet group but then afterwards all the mums made like a whatsapp group and once the baby started coming we were like meeting up every week and that was really nice because it was like 
having this little support network of people going through the exact same thing as me. Like we were all young, uh, not young, we were all clueless new mums. And I didn't even sort of notice age within that group. But on reflection, uh, I was by far the youngest. I think probably the second youngest was still 30. Uh, And then a few of them had their 40th birthdays as well. So some of them were like almost double my age. But the reason I didn't notice age is because we all didn't know what we were doing. And we'd all meet up and be like, ah, the baby's just pooed in public. What do we do? Like, it didn't matter that they were 40. They still didn't know what they were doing, because how are you supposed to? Like, of course, like some of them had a bit more practice because they had um, like nieces and nephews, maybe, or their friends had had kids, whereas I had literally never had a baby in my life. But it didn't really, in the grand scheme of things, make much difference. You know, when it's like, 4am and the baby's got colic you still don't know what's going yeah. on so 100%. I think that um what was I even talking about <laughs> um yeah that's basically just the idea that age makes you a better mother I think that's why that frustrated me so much because I'd seen firsthand that all you really need to be a good mum is just to love that baby and do your best um, yeah, lo- love it and be committed to figuring it out because yeah. if I've learned anything about motherhood, it is one massive game of trial and error. Yeah. And you'll try something one day and it'll work and it'll you'll feel like the boss. Like when you <laughs> figure out why they're upset and then you nail it, you're like, oh, killing it. And then the next day you could try the same thing and they like, well, like what happened this morning, I went into Sky and she literally shoved her hand in my face as if like, get out of my face and leave me alone. I was like, <laughs> okay, cool, I feel rejected. <laughs> But yeah, like no one's, I had absolutely no clue. And I'd read all the books. I thought I was going to be Mary Flippin' Poppins, right? I thought I was going to have my shit together. Mm. And I absolutely did not. I yeah, you can't plan totally for it. Okay. Yeah, no, but it turns out babies don't read the books. No, no, They do their own thing. Yeah, exactly. But I'm really glad you at least had that NCT group and support because I feel like when you are a new mum, having that kind of group of people and it's funny because I had kind of NCT group but that's also a large reason why I turned to Instagram because I was really lonely and I'd be like guys is anyone else's kid doing this like and it was really comforting but I know that you've talked about the fact that the the mum community online can either be the most wonderful supportive place or it can be a little bit of a scary place to be yeah I think it seems like a really lovely place if you're part of it but I've been I've, well, I've been online since I had Remy, but I've, I guess, tried to be a mum blogger, if that's what we're going to call it. I've been doing that kind of thing for about 18 months. And it's just a bit of a weird one. Like, I mean, firstly, I think it's because I don't feel it's a very similar way to how I feel when I go to baby groups and I see the mums there and I just don't feel like we're vibing I feel like all we have in common is the fact that we're mums and I'm just not about that like I think you know someone might seem really lovely but if all we're going to talk about is our kids then like I don't I I just don't I'm not interested in that um which is where mum Instagram is meant to come into it because it's like oh here are my people but then a lot of the mums I came across on Instagram were just the same but online um where they seem like lovely people most of them but just again they were like older or um I also I think the difficult thing sorry I keep jumping back and forth the difficult no, thing is right. if you're a mum blogger you probably are going to be only posting about motherhood so even though these mums 
these women, they probably have a lot more to them and they probably have tons of interests, but they're not putting them out there. They're only talking about their kids. So I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to talk to you, um, which sounds really nasty. But when you've been looking after children all day, every day, you just want to chat about something else. And so yeah. I think that's how I felt. But in reality, it's probably just that they don't do that online, I guess. Whereas I sort of talk a lot about myself and my interests and veganism and music. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, also I've got a baby. He's really cute. Um, and I think proper, proper cute. He's pretty cute. <laughs> he's pretty he is pretty damn cute. Um, um, but yeah, so I think it's partly my fault and it's partly, you know, me not really trying that much with a lot of mums. But it's also just feeling like I won't fit in because it does feel like baby groups part two and baby groups yeah, do not get well. The baby group thing is really interesting because I'll never forget so I have always loved beauty, I've always loved makeup, I've always loved fashion. And when I used to go to baby groups, I'd get up and I'd put my makeup on and I'd get dressed and I'd go. And I always felt like I was being looked at because I'd made an effort and I hadn't made an effort, it was just how I was all the time. Yeah. Um and I will never forget one mum coming up to me and saying, Um, you're always so glam when you come here, you know you're making everybody else feel bad. <gasps> no. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, this this is who I am. I'm not going to change it just because I've had a kid. Oh, my God, she was projecting hard. Oh, 100%. 100%. Cool. 100%. And I was like, well, it doesn't... And then you would get the... Because that, that sent me on a funny spiral about the fact that it was like, well, are they thinking that I'm, like, neglecting my kid because I'm taking the time to get ready? Like, yeah. do you know that way? And I was like, yeah. and it made me question lots of things. So, obviously, a very different experience, but mum groups aren't joy for everybody, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like it's it is interesting like sort of going back to how mums are represented online or how we choose to represent ourselves online I think me and you were talking about this the other day but it's this like this isn't anything to do with age but it's just motherhood online is very stereotypical it's very like mum buns coffee you could probably sum it up in like with buzzwords it's like oh my coffee's gone cold because children are a nightmare and and it does or not can I drink, can I drink gin at four o'clock? Yeah. Like we're all I mean, which like, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of gin at four o'clock. But yeah. Yeah, you're either a coffee fiend, an alcoholic, yeah, mum bun, or like and and you know what? Yeah, some days are totally like that. And yeah. you get it. But it's it's yeah, you're right. It's this kind of like if you were to think, and I've said this before, if you were to think of online motherhood representation as an advert, you no could probably ever have kids. Well, yeah, but you could also probably literally physically draw it up in an image. <laughs> yeah. But there's two images. There's that my kid is an absolute nightmare all the time, mum bun, or you've got the other mums who are like, my kid's my best friend and every day is an absolute joy. And yeah. neither of them are true because what the reality is is a mix. Because yeah. when I was thinking about mum representation, I was thinking about some of the programmes I've watched about, because I never used to watch, although I know I always wanted a family, I was never that person that would watch like, family vlogs or like motherhood pro like programs mm. about mums to be like because this is all I've dreamed of it's, that, that was not the case like if anything the biggest struggle for me having a kid has been what it's done to my career mm. because that was so important to me but I was watching um motherland on Netflix with John because he'd started watching and he was like it's really funny and the thing that annoyed me is one there was no young motherhood representation because I knew this podcast was coming up that was really in the forefront of my mind mm. but also it was just pitching two mums against one another 
one who perceived to have all of her shit together and had her hair and her makeup done and like was having coffee with her friends and they were all babysitting each other's kids and like it was like got their shit together mum yeah and then there was the other mum who in the very first 10 minutes of the episode takes her kids to school and it's half term and then pretends that she's actually there to meet the headmistress and makes up this whole story about bullying so it's like you've got you're either got your shit together mum or completely have no idea what's going on in life mum like and it's if those are the only two types of people you could be yeah and it's just it's just not it's just not the reality yeah and both it's, all the time <laughs> yeah I am too and I think it's frustrating that's why because Instagram like the whole point of it which not not just Instagram but like YouTube blogs is like we're finally in control of representation we're finally in control of how we're seen but then most people are still sort of peddling that narrative that they're, they're picking one like you said they're either picking I'm going to pretend motherhood's perfect or I'm going to constantly show how much of a hot mess it can be um, and that's just a shame because it's like we we have control. We can actually put out an honest reflection of our experiences. And I think a lot of people choose not to, um, I guess, maybe to fit into like a niche. I'm not really sure. But yeah. yeah, maybe a niche. But also, I guess there's probably like loads of things around judgment and fear. And so I remember the first time going on Instagram and being I think I had a really bad day. And I was like, I love her, but my kid's a dick. <laughs> and I remember thinking oh my god I'm gonna get so much hate and then all of a sudden there was all these people being like oh mate mine's been like that today as well and I was like well thank god for that but then equally then I felt like I constantly had to talk when it was bad because that's what people expected Mm, and that's when I would get kind of reaction and like people would then start to say to me like oh well you're really helping by being so honest so I sort of felt like I was obliged to do it so then when I like we've actually had a brilliant day I then was like, oh my God, is everyone going to think I'm like a smug idiot and like, <laughs> we're having the best time ever? Like, And it's just not, like, it's a snapshot of the day and I think everyone needs to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was thinking about young mum representation. And again, it's been in the forefront of my mind as I've, like, consumed stuff over the past, like, couple of weeks. And I was trying to think into, like, whenever you see young mums, you either have people, like, in sketch shows where they tend to be a bit chavvy, don't have, as I said, don't have their kind of stuff together, mm. pushing their kids around in double buggies, flinging like crisps at them. Yeah. And I was like, well, I do that. And I do <laughs> um, And, or you've got kind of the soap hidden pregnancy team, which then usually results in kind of like family and duress and meltdown. And it's all very dramatic when actually there's no representation, as you say, of, well, I'm a young mum. Okay, it might not have been planned, but actually then it all works out afterwards and you end up in a great loving family unit. It just doesn't seem to yeah. exist, even in adverts. Like, you just don't see it. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, like you said, I've, yeah, there's shows like Teen Mum, there's like always teenage pregnancies on soaps and things like that. Um, and the difference with me is like, I mine wasn't a teen pregnancy. Like even, even lumping sort of teen mums and young mums together is a difficult one because my experience would have been so much different if I'd had Remy at 16 than you know how it was having him at 21 because in those five years not just with me but my whole surroundings my life where I was at was very different but I feel like if that is representation it is of teen of, of very stereotypical teen mums or yeah. you then get you know what you get most of the time is the sort of 30 plus year old mum 
And it's like, hello, mums in our 20s do exist. Like, I know, I'm very aware it's more, it's less common now. Um, I think, like, the generation before us, like, my mum's generation, most people were having kids in their sort of early 20s. And now, just within one generation, it's just obviously flipped completely. But it doesn't mean no one's having kids in their 20s. And I think I think that's the problem is, like, it's all just, I mean, it's the same with, you could you could say this with anything, like everything pretty much in the world is stereotyped, but it's, that is what's harming how people see young mums. It's, you know, you, you get stereotypes from lack of representation, like that's always the answer. It's the answer when it comes to race, it's the answer when it comes to social class. Um, like if you look at all the shows you see about working class people, if you weren't working class and you were watching things like Benefit Street, you're going to get this idea of what people on benefits are like or what, what working class people are like that just isn't isn't true for everyone because you can't put a whole group of people in one bubble. Um, and it's like stereotyping all mums. Like, you know, if we, I mean, we kind of did earlier when we were talking about the whole coffee mumbun thing, but even if you, like, you never see people stereotyping all mums in general or all mums in their, like, 30s you have like at least five different types of mums in their 30s. But when we're looking at young mums, there's just this one type. Like I honestly yeah. can't think of a time where I've seen someone between the age of like 16 and 25 successfully represented on TV or in adverts or something. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's not until you stop and think about it, which I guess is unconscious bias personified isn't it that you just don't think you just don't think about it unless mm-hmm. it's pointed out to you and it's it's true and it's a real shame like I feel like there's so much opportunity which is why as you say I think it's a real shame that places like Instagram and YouTube and things where we are in control people should I guess be positively representing more but it's also why I really wanted to do it on this podcast as well because I was like it it got under my skin that it wasn't properly represented even though it's you know, it's it's not my. I can't talk to it because I'm not a young mum, yeah. but it annoys me. And like, and I've definitely had this thing since I've become a mum anyway that I hate the thought of any type of mum feeling not included or not supported or not like in. It's not even like a club or a group. That would be weird. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hate that there's people on the outside being like, "Well, my experience is different than everyone else because of other mums." Because yeah. That's what it boils down to a lot of the time. Like, there's obviously other people in society, but then I am also a big believer. Like, there's so many times I've turned around and been like, I said I wouldn't do this as a mum or that as a mum. And until you are one, you just, it is true. You just don't get it. Like, yeah. And as annoying, as frustrating as when people used to tell me that when I, even when I was pregnant was, it is true. Um, and yeah, so I'm kind of like, I'm on this kind of tirade to give everyone a voice and I kind of feel like I want to change the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. I think... I think as well, like, because I've uh, since, well, since forever, even before I was a mum, I felt underrepresented online as a brown woman. Like, it's just, I think that's rare. I think it's rare that I find other Indian bloggers. It's rare that I see a young Indian woman on TV that's not Mindy Kaling. Like, it's, you shouldn't be able to name the one brown woman you've ever seen on TV. Like, there should be more than that. And so I think for the past few years, I've been so focused on, um, like, BAME representation on, like, within, like, mums on Instagram. 
um, because it isn't really there. Like, I'm again, I'm sure you can kind of like name a few off the top of your head. Like, it, there's, there's, it's also like the reason I think people like Candice Braithwaite are like getting so big so quickly because there's only like one popular like black mum really yeah so she's like everyone's like I mean also she's wonderful but you know what I mean so yeah, I think because I've been yeah. <laughs> because I've been so focused on that and the lack of representation there because it's like I want to see visually see other mums that look like me in that sense but realistically being brown hasn't had that much of an impact on like my motherhood life journey thing so far um obviously it has to a certain extent like we've had like racist attacks and that kind of thing but I would have had them probably regardless of whether or not I was a parent um whereas being young actually has played a part into my motherhood journey and it probably will continue to do so I'm sure like once Remy goes to school and I'm trying to make friends with the other mums and stuff it you know I'm very aware that things might come up surrounding that but yeah it is interesting that I think for so long I was looking for representation of mums that looked like me I almost kind of I didn't realize that actually what was setting me apart from people more than my skin color was actually my age um, yeah which was just like yeah it was just a weird thing to realize I suppose I I dread going to see the school like mum gate thing mm. and again this can be yeah. one of those things that, like everybody tells you is really scary and then it'll probably be fine because there's so much of that when I, I was pregnant and people would like it was like they were trying to terrify me mm. um but yeah, the school gate thing, like I'm a bit of a, it probably doesn't come across because I'm quite confident, like I chat to people, but if you put me in an actual f- position with people, I'm actually quite socially awkward. Okay. Um, I had an ex-boyfriend once that told me that I made the worst first impression ever. <gasps> and ever no. since then, it's like eaten away at my soul. Yeah, well, that And I wish I could forget it. But yeah. And so like even the thought of, oh my God, even talking about it now, I've got like sweaty hands, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know why, it really frightens me. Because, yeah, it's just like, a, it feels like another situation of putting yourself in where you're going to get judged, I guess. Mm, yeah, and I think people, a lot of that, I don't know. people make it sound like it's high school and there's all these different cliques and there's like the mums that are on the PTA and then there's the mums that are, I don't know, there's like all these different groups. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, that just really like, it does worry me, I guess. Also because um, when we, like I moved to school when I was in year three uh and to like a more affluent like I guess more like middle class area middle class school uh and I know that my mum kind of struggled well my mum actually it's a long story I'm not going to go through the drama a lot of the mums actually really liked my mum but then there was one mum who didn't and it meant that like uh she basically took her group of friends back and like cast my mum out and what oh my I god that is high school no it actually <laughs> is and I didn't know about this until recently but it actually had an effect on on my friendships because um, I wasn't invited to certain parties or like certain sleepovers and stuff. But basically, because of that witch, that horrible mum who didn't like my mum, and it's so bizarre. But it's like I think that's it, like you said, certain things just have a lasting impact. And so I worry about these things because I'm like, I have to be friends with all of the mums so that Remy's friends with all of the children. When really, it probably doesn't actually matter that much. But it's so, for life. But there's an interesting point to this. So when I went out on Instagram to ask for questions, which we'll come to in a minute, mm-hmm. my niece reached out. So my niece, as I said, is 28 now. And she was like, I can't tell you what it's like to be a young mum. But what I can tell you is what it was like to be the kid of a young mum. 
And one of the things that she said was the fact that she used to get sort of like almost like discriminated against by the other parents because they would also all automatically assume she would be a bad influence Mm. because she had a young mum. As if like my sister wasn't able to like discipline her. And actually my niece is like she doesn't drink like she's the most straight laced, probably the best behaved out of a lot of them, ironically. But all of the other mums assumed she would be a bad influence on their kids because my sister was young. That's so And that blew my mind. Yeah. I mean it's things like that where it's like I mean, I know you asked the question earlier, but it genuinely, even I sit here and I kind of think like, how, like, what is the way out of this? Do you know what I mean? Like, how can, how can you get people, that many people, like it's on such a big scale now. It is just like widely spread through society that young mums, it is young mums. It's not even young parents. It's like young mums are inherently bad mums. And it's just there's so many like layers to unpack there but yeah I definitely do think class comes into it I think it's just assumed that a young mum is working class and let's be honest everyone hates working class people so I think that's where that comes into it um, yeah and it's, it's yeah I mean my niece didn't say it was all negative <laughs> before yeah. you start to think oh my god poor Remy um, no it's like, like so she said she was like that she's like I used to find that incredibly frustrating but she did say that the relationship she's got with my sister is like so close and she's like when it came to talking about stuff like sex or like when she wanted to get tattoos and piercings and all of that kind of stuff their relationship she said compared to her friends was so much more open with her mum than any of her friends and also my niece did want like she's had health problems and there's been various things but she wanted to have a kid like early mid 20s because she loves her relationship with her mum so much that she wanted to replicate it like she didn't she doesn't want to be an older mum she really wants to be a young mum yeah um, or wanted to be a young mum I still tell her she is a young mum even if she has a kid at like there you're as young as you feel (laughs) and and, and as you say like I think it's a really interesting debate like what age does it go from young mum and click over into not young mum yeah like like who defines that and why are we letting them to define it anyway but yeah, so I think it's really interesting because my niece was like this very much kind of, there was things that used to frustrate me, but overall, like the relationship they've got is great. And sometimes it makes me sad because I don't know if it is an age thing. Like, why can't I have that similar relationship to Sky? Is it because of age makes you far removed that you don't understand? I don't I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I do think it, like, I mean, again, I guess it depends on like the kind of person you are. Because my mum, I mean, again, like, depends what you define as a young mum. But by the time my mum had me, because I'm the youngest, she was 30, I think, 29 or 30. Um, Which, especially at the time, you would not really class as a young mum. That was just, I guess, normal or a little bit older. I don't know. Um, But from, from, like, when I was born all the way up until now, we've been really, really close. Um, Especially more so now as adults. Like, I do, me and my sisters do obviously we respect her like a mum but we do kind of feel like we're friends and we have them for pretty much all our teenage years and we've been really really close with her um which also could have been influenced by the fact that my dad passed away at a young age so it brought us all together but yeah we've definitely had a really really strong relationship with my mum and I feel like even now she's she is like a young mum she's 50 but she's like she always gets complimented on how she looks and how she acts and all of this stuff so I think it completely 
it's not necessarily to do with age it's more to do with like what you're like like my mum is 50 but she's I hope she's not listening she's going to be so angry that I'm putting her age out there but she's um (laughs) she's probably more fun with Remy than I am like because she's really uh like just in better shape more energy all of that stuff than even me which is embarrassing to admit publicly um (laughs) But she'll be like running around soft play. She can like fit in all the different soft play bits. And like, um, Remy just thinks she's so much fun. And like, it's, that's something that a lot of people say, like, oh, I, I would have loved to be a young mum so I can like, you know, be more energetic and play with my kids more and stuff. But then my mum is at 50, like, and she's having the time of her life with him. So I do yeah. think it's one of them things. It's very much like you said, like you're as young as you feel or as young as you act or whatever. And, you can still have that you can still have that like super close connection with your kids it's about how you are with them and what it is is that I guess young people are just like a bit more in tune they remember their teenage years more maybe and they're a bit more in tune with that but there are also um older parents that can like replicate that too yeah yeah I guess it's about it's it's, age shouldn't play into it it's about how you raise them I guess and your values and, and how you act um I'm going to move on to questions now. Questions from the audience. Um, somebody has asked an interesting question. So how do you think your experience of pregnancy and motherhood has differed from Megan's? Now, keeping in mind, I am fully aware that I am a white, privileged woman. So yeah. I'm going to guess very different. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. Well, obviously, I don't really know your full experiences. Um, and I think a lot of the time when when things affect affect you or anything bad happens you don't really think like I don't sit there and go oh it's because I'm young oh it's because I'm brown it's because I'm poor like I just think oh that's an annoying thing that happens so it would be hard to really think but I think in general I do feel like I've changed I've experienced a lot of like external challenges um like for example losing all my friends because I couldn't go out and drink anymore um that was something that I just brushed past. I was like, that's fine. You're all boring when you're sober anyway. But it was something that could have really affected me and upset me. Um, And then obviously like medical professionals just being like, no, you're not pregnant. I took that to assume I was like miracle. I was just like, Remy was just this miracle. Like how come no one thought I was pregnant? And then suddenly I was, I still don't really know what happened there, but I do feel like after seeing things online like um actual like scientific studies about how BAME women are like not listened to as much as white women um and how young mums aren't listened to as much as older mums and then I sort of combine the two and I'm like oh like I do feel like fair enough uh, it wasn't picked up on the pregnancy test for some reason but they didn't even try to figure out what was wrong with me they were just like anyway off you go and things like that where I'm just like, that really could have like put me in a lot of danger and it could have put Remy in a lot of danger. Like if there was complications, we didn't even know I was pregnant. Like, do you know what I mean? Like anything could have yeah. happened. And that was all due to the fact that they were just like, I'm not going to listen to this little brown girl. And yeah, so I think my pregnancy definitely, like there was a lot of things like that. Oh, I just kicked the table, sorry. And then <laughs> I think since having Remy, I'm not really sure, but there was, um, I'm not going to go into it too much because again, these stories, they could just take the longest time, but I don't know if you saw a few months ago, I don't know if you followed me then, but, um, we were walking me, Danny and Remy like down 
uh, this huge busy road in where we live, Nottingham. And this guy, like completely out of nowhere, started spitting at Remy. Um, and I was, I'd had like a racist, I'd had this like old white guy um, be racist to me on the street a few months before when I was by myself. So it kind of brought that back. And I was like, is that what's happening again? Like, this is really surreal. Why is he spitting at my child? And he was in the pushchair and I just kind of kept going. And I was like walking really fast. And Danny was walking with me and he was like, just look straight ahead. Like, we don't know what's happening. And then that guy started um, shouting after us. And he was like, he was very like just rambly, but he was essentially saying like um, stuff about Remy and how he's like a little packy child. And um, then he was like, I'm going to, what did he say? He was like, I'm going to pull it, pull him out his push chair and bash his head on the pavement or the concrete or something. He said something really like, yeah, it was really like violent. And we had to obviously call the police. Um, The, they like had a case open for a few weeks and then closed it because they didn't find anything. And then like the BBC got in touch. Like that was just a really scary time. And the whole time I was just thinking like Remy has two, that was two weeks after his second birthday. And I was like, regardless of what this guy was trying to do, I think he was trying to get at me or I think he was annoyed at the fact we were an interracial family. I'm not really sure, but regardless, he took it out on Remy and Remy was two. And that was a very, um, that was like a moment of clarity where I was like, this is probably the first of many that Remy is going to face. Like, I don't know what he's going to look like when he's older. He's fairly white, white passing now. Um, but yeah, that's something that like really affected me and has like made me think about when he's older and the things he might have to go through. Um, especially because the world just does seem to be getting a bit more racist again. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's like, what's going on? Like, I thought, I feel uh. like it was getting better and now it's just, it's dipped again um yeah but I yeah because so, I didn't really experience that growing up but yeah I, do, I feel like I've experienced it a lot in the past few years so um yeah there's a, in a lot of ways I feel like there's probably things external to like the general like motherhood is difficult enough as it is and then I feel like there's all these external things that I probably have to think about or worry about or deal with that perhaps someone like you wouldn't yeah um, no, 100%. Which, yeah that's just like a weird thing to have to be okay with I suppose but it makes me cross that you feel like you have to be okay with it because it's just so not okay mm. it makes me upset but it's not my place to be upset it's my place to try and change it so <laughs> there you go um one of the other questions that we got was actually as a love it's a really nice positive note to end on is what is one of your favorite things about being a young mum someone said and somebody else asked is there any areas where you think being a young mum gives you an advantage um yeah I think for me in particular because like I said it completely depends on who you are as a person you can have a really great relationship and be 40 years older than your kids but for me in particular I really love our closeness now and I love that um I think because I kind of came to the end of my teenage years I came to the end of I guess being a child myself and then went into motherhood so it almost feels like I'm reliving the past two decades almost through Remy and seeing him like even just things like you know when you like read certain books that you read when you were little and you're like oh my god how has it been 20 years but I think that's really nice like having it was almost like going through it again but as the the guidance (laughs) the support person um and like watching him like experience the world is really sweet um and yeah I just think it's 
I, I love the way it's like shaping me as a person um which I think most people who know me online now wouldn't really know what I was like before but I think your early 20s are really formative years regardless of what you're doing like those are kind of the years where people tend to do something that really shapes them whether it's go traveling or start a career like they you know that's where you do you do your shit and this is just happens to be what I'm doing and I think having him young has it's it has definitely made me grow up a lot quicker it's definitely made me it's just given me a lot of really good qualities I think I think I'm a lot more caring than I would have been um otherwise or than I was before um and I'm a lot more like grateful for things and I just feel like I'm just experiencing the world in a nicer way like in a more positive way um so yeah I'm I'm very much loving being a young mum especially because my plan was to have a baby when I was 30 so I'm actually this is fine <laughs> if, any, if anything you're just really productive and you uh, got a jump start yeah um it's so nice to talk to you uh, particularly about this topic because as I said it's one that has played on my mind and for being so positive and informative and I really hope it helps listeners to maybe step back and think about if they've been at a baby group if they've you know done something towards a young mum or has mm. a kind of particular type of perception so I'm really hoping that people will also listen to the episode and it will give them some stuff to think about and hopefully try to be a bit more inclusive yeah. um I can't promise I can change social media and the news and <laughs> tv programs but for the people that do listen hopefully it stops and make them think mm. um thank you so much for coming on thank you it's for having amazing. me and uh, if anyone wants to follow Yasmin, I'll make sure that her Instagram is down below, along with her YouTube channel and her Patreon as well. So oh, you can thanks. support her. No problem at all. Thank, thank you, you so this much. Was so lovely. Oh, it was so lovely. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will speak to you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.